Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Want 20% discount on the best earplugs for exercise? Ultra earplugs go in your ears and stay in there. Go to ultraaudio.com, that's U-L-T-R-O, and use the discount code DOM20. That'll save you around $35. That's ultraaudio.com, U-L-T-R-O, and the discount code DOM20. Hello and welcome to Runners Only with Dom Harvey. On this episode, Garth Barfoot. People older than me or my same age, they've given away because it's it's not, not a challenge for them anymore. I'm so lucky. It's a challenge. <laughs> you just I like to, just like finishing the marathon. It's such a big challenge. Yeah, today. yeah. <laughs> Garth is an 85 year old athlete, and at the time of recording this, he was about to take part in the 2022 London Marathon. He's had an epic career in real estate, working for the firm that his dad started in 1923, Barfoot and Thompson. But it's through Garth's feats in running and triathlon that I know him. He's a regular at endurance events like marathons and Ironman distance triathlons. And as a point of interest, he's done the iconic Rotorua Marathon 17 times. And what makes Garth even more remarkable, I think, is his entry to the sport. He didn't start competing until his late 50s. Now, most listeners to this podcast will still be younger than Garth was when he started. And there's something about that that I find really cool. It means that for you and for me, it is never too late to do something new. Something courageous. Something that scares the shit out of you. All right, let's get into it. Runners Only with Garth Barfoot. Hey, Runners Only. Kid, kid, let's get it started. Hey, hey, this is Runners Only with Dom Harley. Fast paced, slow and steady. Anywhere you coming. Just want to connect for everyone who loves running. This is Runners Only. Kid, kid, let's get it started. Hey, hey. This is Runners Only with Dom Harvey. Uh, fast paced, slow and steady, any way you coming. Uh, just want to connect for everyone who loves running. Hey, Runners Only with Dom Harvey. Runners Only with Dom Harvey and Garth Barfoot. G'day, mate. Thank Hi. you. Thank you. Hi. Thank you very much for joining me in my uh, podcast studio. Really, really appreciate you being here today. Thanks for the coffee. How, how that was the deal? You said um, you'll come around and do it if I uh, make you a coffee. I, I made. Sorry. I don't normally make them. I prefer to. There's a, a cafe just over the road, so I generally buy it rather than make the uh, Nespresso pots. So is it okay? Yeah, well, I'm a good real estate agent. When I came into your living room, I saw there was a coffee making machine, so I put my order in, and you obliged. Yeah, yeah. Is it is it drinkable? Is it okay? Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Hey, we'll just get you nice, okay. nice and close and up. You're an amazing guy. First of all, I need to let you know you're not the you're not the oldest athlete I've had on the podcast so far. I think you're maybe the um, the third oldest. Uh, number one, Arch Jelly, who I spoke to when he was ninety nine. The second yeah, oldest. Well, they're having a um, a celebratory race for him uh, this weekend out at Pukekohe. Last year it's going to be open. Right. And got a hundred runners uh, <clears throat> doing one kilometer each. And that's full up. Amazing. So we are recording this in August 2022, and uh, the, actually the day before his 100th birthday. He's inc- he's incredible, by the way. I, I spoke to him a couple of months ago. Mentally very very sharp, and still physically very fit as well. I feel like you you might you might go down the same track. 
Uh, no, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I think my wife forgets a lot of things, but I'm sure if you asked her, she'd say her husband forgets a lot of things, and we're about the same age. Really? Do you notice it? Do you think of memory slipping somewhat? Yeah, oh, yes, yes, uh, quite definitely. But um, then again, I've got so many more things to draw on. Well, cause from my dealings with you and setting up this podcast the last couple of days, I've, um, you're, you're one of the most on top people I know. Like, I, I send you a text, you call straight back, and you're busy and you're active. Like, we, we rescheduled this from yesterday because you had a dentist appointment, then you were catching up with a mate for lunch. You're a very active dude. Yes, well, I'm just fortunate I've got so many things going on in my life. Sometimes I, I feel like a juggler juggling things. So do you still work at all these days or no? You've retired no, completely. No, I, I retired five years ago. I get consulted, but only about historical things. All right. It's, it's <laughs> Garth, do you remember? But they don't say, you know, Garth, what do you think of the idea of Buffett and Thomas expanding into Hamilton or – Oh, it's like a fact check from way back. Hey, can you remember? Yeah, I, I need the memory. Yes, you remember this, and, and I remember that. And uh, to help me memories. I, I look at the death notices in the paper. <laughs> that tells me the sad thing about getting old is people in the death notices. Oh, it's a it's a part of life, though, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. The remarkable thing about you, and this is part of the reason I wanted you on the podcast, um, because I think. Uh, a lot of people that listen to this that maybe aren't that active could get a lot from this. You started triathlon, you came to the sport very late, like yeah. 50. Yes, yeah, so, um, I really got into sport uh, around the bays. The uh, younger Thompsons, if you like, said we should do around the bays as a company social event. And uh, that was my first race. And I was rather peeved. And I thought I'd, I did as well as I could. I got beaten by my wife. I got beaten by my brother who's still alive it's 91 you know that was my first ever race so this uh, is um, for for anyone that that doesn't know or maybe that's overseas round the bays is new zealand's biggest fun run it's in auckland uh, just along tamaki drive each year it's about nine k's at that time it was a very big thing it used to be front page it was sponsored by the evening paper and um it was on a saturday so that they could produce the news of it on the front page of the uh, edition when it came out in the afternoon it was a very big thing. You know, they gave you, as they'd probably do now, certificates. And I was rather peeved that when the certificates arrived at the, the office, the Thompson people put them in the bin because they didn't want to encourage competitiveness amongst the staff. <laughs> <laughs> and well, that to, seems ludicrous. I used to retrieve them from the bin yeah. and then work out people's time. And I rang up Irene Bates, who was at our St. Helier's office at the time, I was a search clerk, and congratulated her time. And she said, oh, she said, well, yes, it was a good time. I think it was her husband, Gary Bates. And, and he said, well, oh, no, I, I caught a bus to Britomart. Yeah, at that stage, it started by Victoria Park. Mm. And she parked a car uh, on the, uh, the rise there by uh, Judges Bay. Right. <laughs> and that's how she got a good – that's how she beat me. <laughs> so how, how old were you at the time when you started running yeah, with Round the Bay? I been around about 50. What, what, so what were you like before then? Were you, were you reasonably inactive? Were you just too oh, busy no, working? No, um, um, I had a good um, – I did rather like my parents. They came from England, they came to New Zealand, and they wanted to do – Things and a life that they, that was new to them. So sort of they embraced the outdoor touch of New Zealand, and with and with this, uh, he was a real estate agent too. My father, so he liked the walking, the active part. I mean, during the war when you couldn't get uh, petrol, he went with my elder brothers on cycling holidays with the packs, 
with the packs on the on the bike. So we were all very much into that. And at the age of maybe eleven or something rather, I was piggybacked by my father through the Milford Tunnel. It was half open, mm. and I think he found it quite hard because we got a lift back in a public works truck. Yeah. <clears throat> so you know, it was all in the family. It's continued in my own family with my own three children, my wife. We were all quite sort of athletic or into outdoor things anyway. We'll talk about the athletic stuff first and then we'll talk about business. So you start with Round the Bays, which is a, a fairly easy run for most, most well, people. Don't expect too much on business because I say <laughs> to people, even when I was in my prime in the job, I, I said I'd, <laughs> I know more about what's happened in real estate than probably anyone else in Auckland, but as to what's going to happen tomorrow, I don't, I don't know any more than the barber. <laughs> oh, no, 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 I'm not asking you to do any predictions or anything, but years, 60, year, 60 years in the family business and growing it from a reasonably small thing with something like 80 staff to how it was when you left it, I think it's remarkable and it's worth touching upon. Yeah, well, two and a half thousand. And I think it's grown since I've left. We've got more branches. I just happen to be there. 60 years in the same in the same job is not just being there. Absolutely not. Okay, so... So round the base, you, you you start with that, like which is like an eight k nine k fun run. Then when did you start triathlon? Were triathlons even a thing? But so when was this? The late nineteen eighties? Um, yes, it was a dem- it was a demonstration sport in the Commonwealth Games when they held in Auckland. Mm-hmm. I think that was nineteen ninety on the waterfront road, and that was before I got into triathlon. So, but after that, I got in. Right, so you, so you saw, you saw that at the Commonwealth Games, and did you think, oh, no, I, I could? No, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. All I can is, is um, my son was at or Birkenhead College, is called now, and the teacher was keen on uh, Iron Man, and they were asked to provide a tent at St Helier's. <clears throat> so I didn't even know what an Iron Man was. A couple of years later, there I am competing in it. Yeah. So how old were you when you did your first Iron Man? Oh, what would it be? Uh, probably late. 50s, 57. This to me is, is inspirational. This to me says to anyone that's listening to this, whatever state you're in now and whatever you're not doing, it's never too late to start. You know, there's that saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. It completely defies that. Like doing an Ironman uh, in your late 50s seems just mind-boggling. So for anyone that is not familiar with Ironman, what is it exactly? It's a, How long is the swim? You get in the water first. What is it, 3Ks, 4Ks? Uh, almost 4Ks. Yeah. Yes. And then you're on the bike for... 180k, yeah. And then a full marathon. That's right. Yeah. So you're doing that for the first time in your late 50s. Oh, well, when, when you're not fast, but <laughs> you can get there. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's remarkable. And how many did you end up doing? Uh, well, oh, people ask me that question, but I say it depends how you count, it. count them. <laughs> I used to, there's various ways of counting them. You can count the number you enter, the number of times you get to the start line, <laughs> and then... Um, as you get on, it's the number of times you finish them. And then as you get on further, it's the number of times you finish the bike league. And as you get on even further, it's the number of times you finish the swim league. Because all these leagues have got time cut-offs. And uh, I think the last one I did, I got hauled out of the water. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, well, Sometimes the conditions aren't easy. I mean, you're, you're out there doing it. You're out there doing this um, incredible physical feat that 90, 99.9% of the population would never even attempt. Does it sort of hurt as you get older and you, you realise that you're not going to make these cutoffs, Or is it just something that you have to accept? Sometimes people say you should retire when you're at the top. And uh, 
That sounds most impressive, but of course the problem is when you're at the top, or what with hindsight is at the top, you don't know it is the top. So you think, well, oh, one more race, I think I can go faster. It's unbelievable that my time in that first race, when I made a number of errors, was my fastest ever time. You know, if you told me that after the end of the first race, I never would have believed you. But no matter how hard I try, I couldn't get, get down to that time again. Which yeah. was 13 hours, 45 minutes. Right. Yeah, and, and you did okay. Like, you, no, you, won, you won some yes, age I, groups and things. No, no, no. Well, I went on to do altogether about 99 men and wow. started in about 30. It took a long time for it to sink in. The one after my first bike accident, the article in the Herald was uh, Veteran Iron Man Days Are Over or something like that. <laughs> Not headlines, but across double column. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone gave me something except my son, who said, Dad, what makes you think your Iron Man days weren't already over? <laughs> so, you, when did you complete your last Iron Man? Like at 80? Uh, oh, yes, that'll be about. Uh, not long after that, so what's oh, 86 now? Yeah, right mm. about 80. Do you, know, is, do you know if that's a world record for the oldest person to complete an Ironman? Uh, no, they, they are, at that stage, about 84, 85. <clears throat> but as you get on, um, it gets very thin, and some years they don't even have anyone over 80 that completes. So just, just, so just by starting and finishing, you win the age group? Yeah, but, but it's, <laughs> by the time you get to that stage, it's finishing with the time limit. That's why... You can say I'm choosing the London Marathon as my next big goal because this year they've done away with time limits and you've got 24 hours to do it. So, oh, is that so? Yeah, that they wanted it to be all-inclusive. In other words, to, to take people in, um, who've got physical disabilities and they think the only way to encourage them is to do away with the time limits. So, because I'm very lucky because, you know, it, it, if... If I do cross the line, you know, I'll be the oldest person who ever crossed the line. Uh, London is going 40 years, and uh, the oldest person who's crossed the line is 85. Do you think that's because they had um, time cutoffs previously? Well, probably did, and of yeah. it's not. Um, you know, it's not the, the event is. You got to have some sort of category to get in. Yes, you know. but we're lucky. They they seem to think because we're visitors, we should be made welcome. And <laughs> as long as, so we're, we're allowed to get in if you're from overseas country. Oh, so your your last marathon was the 2021 Rotorua Marathon? Is that uh, the... That was the uh, the last one I finished. Yes. And at that race I was last, and it was about, about eight, eight and three-quarter eight hours. Eight and three-quarters. So, uh, a long time on your feet. I got the prize, or should I say, I got my name on the trophy for the... the the oldest finisher trophy. So, <laughs> I don't know whether that's something I'm going to hand to, hand to my grandchildren, but um, but I've got to bring you up to date because that was 2021 and now it's 2022. So I've done uh, London will be my third marathon that I've entered. I did one in Wellington, but I failed to finish that one. <clears throat> and I did one uh, two weeks ago at Taupo and uh, failed to finish that. I fa- failed to finish it f- physically or because of the time cutoff. No, physically. Right. Yeah, they had good good time races, but um, when you're 86, you, you can't take things for granted. You don't know how a day, <clears throat> day will go. And people said, "Oh, you go and see your doctor, get your medication round up," because I got on medication after my heart valve transplant. And uh, oh, I couldn't go on the medication, but it's, it's not it's not it's not a magic wand. It's not like a wound or a broken bone. Yeah. Uh, 
And I said, no, no, I'm, I'm like Hamish Carter. I can remember the great fuss about Hamish Carter, who was the <clears throat> poster boy for the Sydney Olympics. And, and Trotson was regarded as the best chance we had of getting a gold medal. You know? <laughs> and then on the day, uh, what's the phrase? He failed to fire. Mm. And uh, so they interviewed him to find out the reason. <laughs> and he said, oh, when I woke up in the morning in my hotel room, I knew it wasn't going to be a good day. <laughs> and the public in New Zealand were outraged. <laughs> they didn't demand a royal inquiry, but it was... Yeah, close, like yeah. Go on. Wow. So, so when I didn't finish my, those two marathons, people said, oh, you must do something about it, something wrong. You know? And I said, well, you know, I'm 86. You've got to take the good with the bad. And, yeah. and you have good days and bad days. Oh, the, the fact that you're out there on the getting, getting yourself physically in shape for these things and making it to the start line, I think, is um, that's no mean feat on its own. With um, the, the Taupo Marathon a couple of weeks ago, how many kilometres in did you get? I uh, got, to, got to halfway. Right. And, and then and then did you, did you just not feel great? or uh, Well, you sort of get dizzy and you start getting uncoordinated. Uh, it's just it's just a risk I take. I mean, you know, to be on blood thinners, you know, it's pretty remarkable. I can still compete with mm. an artificial hip and pins on my other hip and Goodness gracious me, everything's fading away. The only thing left is my voice. I seem to have the loudest voice. Not quite as loud as the guy who's interviewing me. <laughs> got me, that's voice. me. Yeah, that's him. I'm talking about Dom. <laughs> when I had Arch Jelly on the podcast, uh, he, he's, he's got hearing aids like you, and um, he, he said to me, oh, your, your voice is very loud. I'm going to have to take them off. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry about that. I do have a very loud voice. Oh, yes. Oh, on this on this desk here, that's your fader right up to the top, and that's mine all the way down there. Oh, okay. So, what does your running style look like now? Is it sort of like a walk? Would you say it's a walk, or is it still a run? Uh, I call it a a struggle. <laughs> <laughs> I struggle along, so it's because uh, I know the time. You know, I can walk at so much, but I can't walk faster than uh, twelve minutes a kilometre. Mm. I struggle, as I call it. Uh, I can get to 10 minutes a kilometre. Yeah. And if I run, uh, I can get it down to about 8 minutes a kilometre. Right. So like this morning, I went from uh, <clears throat> my home in Island Bay, Birkenhead, to the Birkenhead Wharf, which is uh, quite a lot of hill in it, maybe about 100 metres of climbing or something like that. But uh, the I, I first time in about four months, I got my time below 10 minutes a K. That's why I'm feeling chipper during this interview, mm. <laughs> full of optimism. <laughs> so, um, yes, so London's obviously it's a long way to travel for a marathon. So, are you are you determined to finish it, like come hell or high water? Yeah, well, I find uh, it's like a, a lot of things. The half of you wants publicity because that's a good means you can't go back, and the other half wants to be under under the <laughs> under the headlights, you know. <laughs> You know, so that no one knows if you don't succeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think I've elected to, to be in the former category, otherwise I wouldn't be doing this podcast. Yeah, well, regardless of what happens, it's like um, anyone would only want the best for you. The, the fact that you're a man in your late 80s and you're still out there doing it, um, nobody wants to – everyone's rooting for you. And uh, if, if you don't manage to complete it for whatever reason, there would just be sadness from people. 
um, sort of on, on behalf of you, I guess. Yeah. Well, I didn't, I didn't actually think I'd made a good story. Here's <laughs> this 86 year old who couldn't finish the first e- two easy marathons he's done this year. <laughs> How would he get on? <laughs> oh, no, come on. Come on. You, you, I, you sound I, as, I sound as though I was doing it for publicity. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Honestly, when it comes to your modesty, you, you, need to, you need to pull your head in a little bit. Like the fact that you are A, still alive, and B, physically able to do these things that you know, many people, quarter of your age, couldn't yeah, even well, do. It's, it's incredible. It's, it's a bit embarrassing. I was doing the Auckland Marathon one year with a group from out of town and going along the waterfront road there where there's not you know, enough people, people calling out. <laughs> and after a while, these ladies I was running with says, oh, you seem to be well-known, Garth. <laughs> I felt a bit sorry for them. No one's cheered for them. They all cheered for me. <laughs> you, embarrassing. Well, you are. You are, you are so well-known. And I, th- I do feel like it's um, you had you had great success in business, but I feel like this is like a c- completely separate thing. Like people are cheering you, not because they know you from as the real estate dude, um, but because you've just been a familiar face on these running and triathlon events in the circuit for such a long time. Yes, you can't help but um, get sort of well-known because I, I, I train on roads these days. Um, and when I was younger, I always used to go on the side of the footpath which, which had less people on, um, maybe it was in the shade, but these days I go on the side of the footpath which has more people on because there's people talk, talk to or exchange mm. eye glances with. You know, I'm quite sociable now. <laughs> it's quite changed. So do you think um, London will be your last full marathon? On dull days, <laughs> I think it will be. Double days. But, but, how, uh, how often, how the temptation, you... of course, is, is, as I said, you never know when you're on top. So, oh, gee, fancy being the oldest person. In, you know, and they've probably had half a million people do it. Uh, to do it, and it's, uh, so it's tempted to keep on. Mm. But uh, yeah, well, I, you know, I've, I've entered the uh, off-road marathon at Motatapu, Queenstown. Oh, Arrowtown, yeah, yeah, yeah. Arrowtown, yeah, Arrowtown, right. yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, over Shania Twain, or it was Shania yeah, Twain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so what, what are you doing there? What distance? Oh, the full. <laughs> You're not the expecting full. me to do anything but the full distance. Well, I, 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 I'm not I, a wimp. I, I, <laughs> Whatever else I might be, I'm not a wimp. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not a wimp. It's, um, it's, it's beautiful and it's scenic, but it's horrible. It's so steep. It's a, it's real challenging. That's amazing. But I reckon if they can get a golf cart over it, yeah. that's where the first aid people. Are. I, I should be able to do it, but uh, I'm still trying to get my friends to come with me. But yeah. they, they all say, "Oh, I couldn't do that distance, guys." Yeah. When you say trying to get your friends to come with you, what age are they? Younger than you? Uh, same well, age? Well, what I call they're younger people, but of course they're in their seventies. Right. Pushing yourself physically, it's been such a big part of your life since since your fifties. Uh, you know, like Ironman marathons things like that so will do you think as you as you get older and even into your 90s um you'll keep pushing yourself but the distance will get smaller like say half marathons or 10 kilometers well it's going to be a uh, a dilemma really you know the, the marathons is the one that gets publicity the, the, the glamour and the half is you know i used to think i was, it was beneath my dignity to do these park runs <laughs> Uh, oh, I wouldn't want to do those. They're not, you know, they're, they're not orientated towards competitive people. But I do the park run now. I do it at the Sherwood, Sherwood Park up at Browns Bay. And I got into that because someone had tapped me on the shoulder and said, Oh, Garth, do you know what I'm in Buffett and Thompson? Who would I contact to get some sponsorship? And I said, Oh, I've been retired four years. 
Um, and then I said, well, why don't you ask me? You know, I'm on the rich list. <laughs> <laughs> and they only wanted, well, to me, they only wanted in my language a, a defibrillator. Defibrillator. Yeah, what are they worth? Yeah, well, no, I didn't know what they were worth. Hmm. But I sort of thought, well, if anyone's going to need a defibrillator, it'll be me. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's like insurance. <laughs> so it wasn't rock and charts. I couldn't say yes fast enough. Yeah. Because um, they had to get that to get the the okay to run the race. Hmm. But they did have an incident. Oh, one, one incident and it's paid for itself already, hasn't That's it? That's right, yeah. Did you say you're on the rich list? Yeah, yeah. Are you? Yeah. Well, yeah, but the only way they got rid of me was stop doing the rich list. All right. <laughs> the rich list doesn't run anymore. So is that the like Forbes or NBR uh, or NBR. National yeah, Business yeah, Review? Yeah. Because yeah. so I, I always wondered about that. Like, do, do they get the figures right? Like, do you read it and go, I'm, I'm worth way more than that, or that's a bullshit figure? Well, it's, it's, it's always a bit hard anyway. Even, you know, I've got the, what is it, the high net worth people from the Indian Revenue they are doing this survey. <laughs> and it's, I don't sort of carry those things in my head or it's a bit hard to know. But it certainly enabled me, I, you know, I've sponsored, I mean, the company sponsors a lot of things. What, what did NBR think you were worth? Well, we used to look at it to find out. <laughs> I, I think they, they we had a rival real estate agent firm, <laughs> so I think they kept the two... two them and us the same. So, <laughs> what was it like? Uh, like a hundred million, fifty million? Uh, well, of course, it's Barford and Thompson, right? Actually, so I'm sure it'd be a hundred million or less. Families, mm. but you, you're not, you're not a flashy guy at all. Like you've lived in the same house your entire life. Yeah. What sort of car do you drive? Oh, I drive a Lexus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so nice, but not. It's not. You're not getting around in a McLaren or a Ferrari. No, no, or, no. So when when you go to London, no, please tell me you'll be flying business or first class, though. Oh, well, um, yeah, but what happened was uh, I'm going with a group, and you probably gather I'm a sort of sociable guy, and uh, I, I thought but if I travel, what was it, I think it's premium economy, I'll have more chance of meeting my friends. <laughs> so, you know. I so you're in premium economy. I mean, we went on a luxury cruise, you know, because you think, oh, that's life. But honestly, by the time of three weeks, I was looking forward to it to end, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> why? 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 Were you just bored or? Oh, well, I wanted to get back to my running. And, and I used to walk or around the swimming pool on the ship. But, of course, the swimming pools aren't very good. <laughs> and I started to get dizzy, so I had to reverse the... <laughs> so, and it's part of the hard to work. Once the seas get rough, it was, <laughs> I get seasick quite easily. So, mm. yeah, anyway. so, so what, do you, what do you do with your money? Like, you can't, you can't take it with you when you're gone. Oh, well, a lot of uh, people are grateful for it. She's a big sponsor of the Olympics. I'm not a big sponsor, but a sponsor. Yeah. The Olympics and, and the triathlon and... Those, mm. those sorts of things are medical. I know you, you've done you've done a lot for um, Auckland City as well. Yeah, in terms like, of like any other parent, you lend money to your children. Hopefully, they won't pay it back. The houses, <laughs> houses they bought, so they've all owned real estate. <laughs> yeah. yeah so, so this is the weird thing about you. So you're a real estate guy, but you've you've only lived in the one house. So that's right. I only lived in one house and never owned a rental. Never been a landlord. Why is that? <laughs> when I come home from work, I don't want to be bothered with. Being a landlord. <laughs> so whereabouts do you live? Island Bay, Birkin Head. Right. So you're you and your wife you you bought this yeah, bought it as a section and bought you built the section it. when we got engaged. When was that? 
uh, I suppose it was 51 years ago. Right. 52 years ago. Can you remember the price of the section? Yes. Uh, we got the house built for, the contract was 32000 The land might have been 6000 9000 9000 for land. Yeah. Wow, so like 40000 all up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> would be um would have gone up a little bit since then. I would think so. Yeah. <laughs> so how come how come you've never moved? What does it uh, is it just oh, are well, you a sentimental we, guy? Is it well, memories? We're sort of keen on gardening and, and you know, it's, it's your life, isn't it? It was a bit like moving into a retirement home. We we were only considering the retirement village near us because it's it becomes your life. All the tracks and. The, and the walks and the swing, the facilities and the people. Yeah, I'm really quite sociable. It must be really nice for your um, adult children that your their mum and dad are still together and still in the house that they were born. I mean, and there's so many memories there. Yeah, and of course it's very nice for the parents that their children have chosen to live. Uh, they all live in Auckland and uh, two out of three live on the North Shore and the other one's not too far away. So yeah. uh, great advantage during COVID. So... Um, it was your dad that started Barfoot and Thompson. Yeah, yeah. So, and it was just was it just called Barfoot Real Estate? He he um, trained as an engineer in England, and um, it was uh, he, then he served in the army. Then he couldn't uh, get a job. The only person in his year or class at the university who got a job, and it was a job in the gas works. And that was his father was the chief exec or the boss of the gas works that so just really showed how hard it was mm. to get a job in engineering in that yeah. time in England yeah so he just came to New Zealand for his father's health and uh, just walking along Broadway and Newmarket and saw this uh, real estate agent with a let's say it was Smith and Brown and the word Brown was crossed out so he knocked on the door and said, you're looking for a new partner? <laughs> <laughs> and the guy said, yes. So, of course, it was before licensing. <laughs> so that was how it started. So it's just as simple as that. And then, then he worked out, of course, the, the partner, if you like, had a phone. And the phone was so useful because it was very good for uh, what is now called off-course betting. <laughs> which was illegal, of course, in those days. So right. <laughs> my father didn't believe in uh, illegal things, so he brought his partner out. Right, so, so that's, then, a, that's then, the start of it, 1923. And you, what so we're coming up now 100 years. So I said to my friends when I retired, well, I'll try and, I'll try and stay around to 2023, stay around if it's in Daniel, and after that I'll have to stay, take stock of my place on earth. So he, he starts, and then it's called Barfoot, and then when does the Thompson thing come along? I came along. Well, well Thompson was a salesperson engaged, and he was a great salesperson. And then uh, the war came, so he enlisted, and uh, they thought he was so good that they, the best way to make sure he came back was to make him a partner. Oh, so this the Second free. World War? Yeah, yeah, Second World War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he went up to Fiji with the Air Force, but uh, you know, before he went, they said, well, you can come back, you can, you can, you can buy it. But it wasn't given to him, he had to mm. buy it, but uh, Thompson's came in. So now, of course, we've got uh, Thompson as the... Managing director. So, what year were you born? So I was born in 1936. 36. Do you do you remember much about the wartime? You would have been like nine or ten years old, I guess. Or yeah, I was at primary school during the war. Yeah. Uh, I can't. I, what I can remember is my elder brothers, of which had three. Uh, we made a air raid shelter trench, as people did in those days, and uh, the uh, they put me in it, and then went away and 
it wouldn't help me out. So <laughs> Whereabouts? Like, like on, on your uh, section? Yeah, I don't know where we lived, in the back garden. Right. <laughs> right like, like a proper bunker? Not a, a ditch. Right, right. Yeah, a ditch. And my father joined the, the outbreak of war because he was in the First World War and he, he didn't think much of the New Zealand Army or something because right, he wrote to England and said he was an officer in the First World War. He offered his services. <laughs> I don't think they were interested in having a 45-year-old come. From the other. <laughs> but never mind, sorry, he joined the Home Guard. But <laughs> he thought that was a waste of time. But, but they had, he said, but they had to have it because it kept the morale up. Being a, like a young, a young boy growing up in New Zealand in wartime, what, what, was it a, a scary thing or did New Zealand still feel quite safe because we were quite far removed? I think I was too young to, okay. to get any concept of fear yeah there were the united states troops they were they were a novelty they had sweets or whatever they had we mm. got invited to a, a lunch you know at the Cornwall park and there was ice cream and uh, wafer sandwiches oh, i've yeah. seen those before <laughs> <laughs> isn't that a, a weird, weird that as a yeah, young boy that's your like enduring memory of the war yeah that's right yeah okay so then um you finish school how do you how do you end up at, at your dad's firm after the war, the, the very severe price controls, he thought it was only a matter of time before we, we followed Moscow and everything was state-owned. So he saw no future in real estate. Uh, so they were quite keen on me to consider farming as a career. So I think we went to uh, Otahu College. They had a farm course, a secondary school. So I think we went to Mount Albert. Grandma, they had a farm course. Because we went to Massey University outside of Palmerston North. Mm-hmm. So it was quite a few, couple of years there. As I got near the top of the school, the government changed, and then real estate became an attractive career mm-hmm. in my parents' eyes. And I, I just went along with it. So, so it seems like you going to university to do agriculture. That was like you, because your parents wanted to. So you were just sort of, was, was that just how it was at the time that your parents oh, yeah. would tell you? Yes. Well, we had a cow. <laughs> <laughs> Produced milk. You know, had a very good knowledge of farming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, how old were you when you when you started at? Um, but what was then Barford and Thompson? So I was, I guess, I was about. 21, 21, I guess, 1956. Right, and then, um, and, th- and that was that. That was your entire working life. Yes, I mean, of course, I did a, did OE. Of course, in those days, uh, very good for part time work during the holidays. So I, I worked in the freezing works. <laughs> so where whereabouts did you whereabouts did you do your OE, your overseas experience? Uh, England, because that's that's what people did. They went yeah. to England. So and I did that too, and I got as a job as a teacher. Uh, not that because I was trained as a teacher, but you could. All they required were uh, the reference. And you had to be free of TB. So we had the TV test or uh, X-ray test, and then they wrote home uh, to Morris Thompson for a reference that I, that I was okay. And because I was a Commonwealth citizen, that made me a teacher. But, of course, it didn't make me a teacher. And there I was, went the first assignment, and uh, <laughs> well, it lasted about five minutes, and they started to make a noise. <laughs> 10 minutes the noise got louder and 15 minutes later the teacher from the adjoining classroom came in and really told the class off and said they should be respectful for the new teacher. So uh, after a week or so I worked out my priorities. The first priority was 
not to let the class make so much noise that the teacher from next door had to come in. Oh, that's embarrassing. <laughs> the second problem was to uh, stop them fighting with each other or pinching each other's property. That was the second priority. And the third priority was to teach them something. <laughs> it was experience. Yes. Well, I wasn't idiot. It wasn't quite good, but it did give me – I was very shy up to then. Oh, really? How did you – yeah, how do you go from being well, a shy person to not being a shy yeah, person? Yeah, well, I was very young, youngest in the family, and we were out of zone. So that made me what I call socially backward uh, because you tended to be family-orientated in your recreation. And all the boys at grammar school, they talked about going to the dancing school and this and that. It was completely over my head. Mm. And then there, but and then uh, at the university, I found that I was good at tramping because of my parents and all the stuff we'd done. So it was sort of natural for me to come up through the ranks quite quickly and be the club captain of the tramping club. And that sort of just started to build my confidence, if you like, with hindsight. Yeah. Now, of course, I can just take a microphone up into the Front, in front of a thousand people and talk because the one thing I have got Liz, is, a, is a loud voice. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> so do you, think, um, do, do you think that sort of confidence or being comfortable in your own skin just comes naturally with age or did you have to work hard on it? No, I think it's just built up over the years. Yeah. Uh, you sort of sometimes think that things go better. I, I hate these people that they start talking before – the, the crowd is quietened, but when I shout, people jump. You know. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only thing left for me. I, you know, I can't see as well. I can't hear as well. I can't eat as well. <laughs> I won't go on. Yeah, does, um, <laughs> I've got my hair, especially during COVID, very useful. Yeah, grows very, very long. Mm-hmm. And um, and your your mind is still fabulous. Hey, I, uh, I know you you mentioned before that your your memories not what it used to be, but I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like it's still great. Is is aging do you find it frustrating? Want 20% discount on the best earplugs for exercise? Ultra earplugs go in your ears and stay in there. Go to ultraaudio.com, that's U-L-T-R-O, and use the discount code DOM20. That'll save you around $35. That's ultraaudio.com, U-L-T-R-O, and the discount code DOM20. Like you, you, no, because, because you, get, you get doors open. Doors open for you. What do you Exchange. mean? So, if you like, you know, it's not the thrill of winning; it's the thrill of taking part. Uh, you know, that sort of thing. You sort of get a lot of satisfaction out walking this morning. Lovely day, and and there I am with my gloves and thermal because <laughs> my blood's thin. And I feel the cold a lot more, but I'm still doing it out there. Yeah, you, oh, you are satisfaction. Yeah, it's incredible. And you, you mentioned before you've got a brother that's in his nineties. Have you just? Is there just longevity in in your family? It's quite. It's good. Yeah, all my brothers. I mean, two have passed on, but they all got to eighty. What What do you reckon? How How many more birthdays do you think you've got in you? <laughs> I'll just get the London Marathon over first. <laughs> <laughs> what about your What about your wife? When did you you've, You guys have been together for fifty something years. Fifty years. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, how did you guys meet? Oh, we met through the tramping club. Well, she was a skier, and uh, but that didn't help because she was. She was on ski patrol, she was being a doctor. <laughs> and she'd been in Europe a lot longer getting her anaesthetic qualification. And so she was used to skiing in Switzerland. 
And wow. she could ski far better than me. <laughs> she liked my tramping ability. <laughs> and we compromised and got together. Yeah, do, do you remember much? Was it love at first sight or was it sort of a thing? Like the, the world is so small now in terms of like the internet, like it's a, like a global community. But I suppose back then you had your immediate sort of circle or groups and you just sort of like paired off with one of them. And I'm thinking of like my mum's family. My mum's one of 14 from Levin and they just all married other people in Levin usually yeah. from the same church group. Yeah. Was it like that with you and your wife, or was it the, like love at first sight? Or No, no. well, uh, it certainly wasn't as far as he's, she's concerned, because she, <laughs> she, she went out with my brother. <laughs> and when that didn't progress, <laughs> maybe she took up with me, I, I can't say. <laughs> yeah, well, it's worked out all right. What do you think, um, what do you think the uh, key is to a successful and enduring marriage? Is there a secret? I, I, no, I don't think there's a secret. I mean, it's 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 up to your personality, really. I think uh, you can you can adjust, but you you have to want to adjust. And sometimes I want to adjust, but I don't want to adjust all the time. Mm. So at the moment, she thinks I'm obsessed with walking, <laughs> and she's right, of course. <laughs> what, what, does, does she? Um, well, she. You mentioned before that she was the one that got you got you into it in the first place. Yeah, that's right. She got me into it because. The teacher I referred to early got my son into it from college. And then so she, he said, Mum, come along and he, he, I'll guarantee you a prize. And it was early early days for triathlon. And they were a modern sport. So they were, the I think, the first sport to introduce equal prizes for men and women. And they had the prizes because um, the uh, tobacco people were very keen uh, on sponsoring us. Were, it was a new sport. And Rothmans were... Uh, quite a sponsor. I mean, like Peter Snell, he was sponsored by Rossman, so of course he was in yeah. some embarrassment in later life. But Oh, yeah, the t- yeah, tobacco company sponsored everything, didn't they? Uh, yeah, yeah. Everything. <laughs> I remember, I remember as, as a young boy, I suppose in the 1980s, like going to cricket matches and there was Benson and Hedges everywhere. Yeah. So she, so she got you into the sport and now yeah. does she sort of regret it because you're obsessed? <laughs> 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 ask you that. Yeah, so she's travelling to London with you? No, no, no. Oh. She's she, she's watched she's watched me. She's watched her, our children. She's watched our grandchildren. She, she's done her her time on earth watching other yeah. watching her, her family. Yeah. So anyone that's listening to this, that's um, I suppose any age, because you, you you were such a late starter. What would your message be to them? To someone that's listening to this that doesn't do much in the way of physical stuff at the moment. Well, I think it's it's very much the old story of sliding doors. If you see an opportunity that you've got uh, an advantage in, that you're better than someone else, I mean, I suppose you've got to be competitive. Try 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 it out, mm. and, and just follow the advice from other people who do that particular activity, which is really what I did. Yeah, but do, do you think that someone that's listening to this, that say, um, yeah, middle age that that hasn't done any endurance sport. Do you think they could any anyone could do a an Ironman, or does it take a special sort of person? No, I don't think it takes a special sort of person. When I joined the athletic club, you know, in, in my mid fifties, I found that that they sort of tailed off, and I worked out that they, I was the only one who didn't have joint or ankle knee problems because I was fresh to the sport. Because uh, in those days. You know, there was no such thing as running shoes or something you bought when you went overseas. You know, so uh, perhaps I was lucky starting late. Yeah, and you know, there's lots of people who've done it all their lives, and but there's also lots of people who start late. There's no one mm. one road. 
Yeah, but I suppose a lot of, I mean, you, you, you started in your late 50s, but I suppose a lot of people would be that age and think, oh, I'm, too, I'm just too old to do that now. My, my moment's gone. But you sort of defy that, which I think is remarkable. Yeah, yeah. And there's a disadvantage of doing it all the time. I mean, there's people older than me or my same age, and they've given away because it's, it's not, not a challenge for them anymore. I'm so lucky. It's a challenge. <laughs> you just I like to, just like finishing the marathon. It's such a big challenge. Yeah, today. yeah. <laughs> hey, well, um, I th- I think you're inspirational, and I've I've seen you at numerous running events, and uh, it's it's always great to see you out on the road, and it's um long may that continue. But don't be don't be scared of going shorter though. Like you, I felt like you you sort of turned your nose up before when I mentioned like half marathons or ten k's. But there's no shame in those shorter distances, is there? Oh no, no, no. I mean, I did. You know, I've done masses of half things. As I said, I'm doing the 5K uh, park run tomorrow mm. morning at 8 o'clock. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, no, not at all. No, no. But, but, you know, we're doing triathlons. Of course, I was swimming and biking. But, uh, you know, I find I'm not really excelling in those sports. Uh, I have trouble keeping warm in the swim, you know, because yeah. at my age, your heart doesn't pump your blood around so much and heart thinners. And then biking, you know, I'm... I'm less confident now with my balance, you know. So, whereas running is pretty safe. So, I think I'll stick to that. Mm, yeah. Oh, good stuff. Yeah. Having said that, I'm off to uh, Abu Dhabi in November to represent New Zealand and Trustland. So. Oh, shit. Oh, are you? Actually. Is that what, what, um, what distance? In the World Championship. So, what's, what's that? That's a, oh, something like 750 run and a 20K bike and a. Uh, um, 5k run, yeah, yeah, yeah. not not in the grave yet, no, not yeah, at all. That is remarkable. Good for you. Yeah. Do you, yeah? How do you find the um, the cycling um, at your age and balancing on a bike? Uh, no, balancing is... and I, balancing and traffic. I mean, living in Auckland, it, yeah, it's it's growing. I mean, it, nowadays, you know, even after five years, I went up to Kumu uh, in a car to watch my children play football, uh, and I thought, geez, there's more traffic on Saturday morning. Now than there was five years ago. Mm, mm. Uh, but it's just that running, I can do well. You've um, and you, you've had a couple of bike crashes over the years, yeah, 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 that's yeah. Right, yeah. And I'm also conscious, you know, as my first surgeon said, you know, if, if you go biking, you will have accidents. Mm. You know? Yeah, I mean, even and the yeah, recovery. Even, is, I mean, my wife's had a uh, knee replacement, and her recovery has been quite slow uh, because she's my age. Uh, and so I'm rather conscious that if I have another severe accident, it'll it'll take too long, or maybe the surgeons might think I'm not worth saving. For one or two. <laughs> oh, come on, <laughs> come on! Yeah, so, so what were the bike accidents? Was it like involving a motor vehicle, or was it just like a, a fall? And you know, the first one involved a um, motor vehicle, and this is the one that made me famous because <laughs> it was. I very wisely had the bike accident at the beginning of the National Bike Week and uh, they wanted to, television, TV1 wanted to find someone who had an accident, I think, or something rather. So, <laughs> so suddenly North Shore Hospital saw a camera crew and, and they interviewed me and it got to be you know, on the national news. Yeah. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Made me famous. Yeah. <laughs> well, because not the only thing that made me famous, I got... Went down to New Plymouth for, for a race for the national championship, and because uh, I was I think I was training for Ironman at that stage, so I arranged to to bike back from New Plymouth after the champs. And so I did the championship, and before the uh, 
race, the announcer said, oh, anyone got any stories about the races? Because he was from Auckland. And my son, without my knowledge or blessing, went to him and said, oh, yeah, Dad's going to bike back to Auckland. <laughs> and so... Uh, they told was that like 400, 400 Ks? <laughs> and uh, so, he, so he told me the announcer, he put it over the loudspeaker. And then the... Uh, those, uh, one of the, the president of Trinity was coming down on Sunday morning for a race. The race was on Saturday, and he came down through the Arakino Gorge. And as he was coming through, he saw the cyclist, and he thought, "Gee, that looks like Garth Barfoot." <laughs> and, and he thought, well, "No, it can't be him. <laughs> he's, he's racing in, you know, New Plymouth." So when he got to New Plymouth, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah where's Garth? Oh, he's out. <laughs> and then, and then. Uh, I was, um, he said, I'll oh, take the cell phone. The cell phones were quite unusual. I didn't want to lose it. I put it in the bike, uh, in the back pocket of my bicycle behind the seat. And I think I used it. And then when I got to the next stop, I, I'd lost it. It come, bounced out, oh. the vibration. And so, because it was supplied by work, because in those days, all mobiles were supplied by people's work. Yeah, because they were so expensive, expensive weren't yeah, they? No, it was quite yeah, expensive. Yeah. Things. <laughs> and so I had to go on the next work the next day, and so I have to buy get a new cell phone, you see. And so they said, well, where is it? I, I said, I lost it. Said, where did you lose it? Well, I don't know. We're somewhere between uh, uh, Otrahonga and uh, Tikwiti. <laughs> <laughs> On the side what? of the road. <laughs> so that Could've, all went around the company. So, so. <laughs> it would have probably been quite easy to find. I'm, 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 I'm imagining one of those big no, sort of brick phones. Right. Yeah, I remember the, um, when, when phones first came out, they, they were very expensive to buy, and then calls were like a $100 a minute as well. Yeah, it was it wasn't quite as early as that, but it was sort of Yeah, 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 ridiculous you know. amounts. <laughs> so. what, do you think, what do you think you're most proud of? Is it, if you had to pick one, what are you more proud of, like the, the stuff that you achieved in business or the, the stuff that you've achieved in your advanced years as an athlete? Well, I, I, I suppose I'm proud of them both. Yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, you know, of course, you know, I have to be proud that we've, you know, the company's kept away from scandal. <laughs> you know, it's got a good name yeah. without scotting about it, but it has, you know. And and then, of course, I'm rather pleased, you know, that I, well, I'm always encouraged. To, you know, if you're keen on something, you encourage others. It comes naturally, and. Maybe, you know, I've been able to assist them financially with my own example to encourage people into the sport. Yeah. How would you How would you like to be remembered? Like when the time comes, you become famous again, you make the news again. What would you, <laughs> what would you want them to say about you? <laughs> well, uh, someone once died young, a friend of mine, well, you know, he's in mid-40s, and I know his brother said at the funeral, well, he did more things in his in his short life than lots of people do in a long life. Mm, mm. And so I'd like to think, well, he, you know, his life wasn't wasted. It, he, at least he did lots of things, really. Yeah. Oh, most different, yeah. Well, I life's think he's got can... a lot to offer. So. What's that? Life's got a lot to offer. Yeah. With all these things. I mean, it's like moving to a retirement home and people think, oh, that's one foot in the grave. But it does give me an opportunity to, to uh, it'd be like a new world for me. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, I feel like, on the social side. And, yeah, yeah. Know, I, I don't know quite what the challenges will be because I'm not there yet. But, mm. uh, I'm sure I'll find something to <laughs> occupy me. So is, is that the plan? You're going to sell the house that you've been in for your entire married life and move into a rest home? Yeah, but I've got to put the order right. Um, it's this job, when you've been in one house 50 years and the children have fled to the nest, you've got so much space. <laughs> 
that you get in the habit of never ever throwing away anything. <laughs> well, your downsizing and, is horrible. And, and downsizing, oh. <laughs> and and I say to my wife, I say, oh, don't let's bother about downsizing. Let's buy the unit without selling the house, and then we, after six months or so, we'll find out what we do want. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then we won't. What we don't want, we'll give it away. Oh, that's a that's a great idea. Does she <laughs> like the idea? Well, I think it's hard. She's having trouble getting it around. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> most people have to sell their house. You see, to it's a lucky position to be in. Nice position. Well, I, th- I think. Um, yeah, I think rest times. Are, are sort of. I remember. Yeah, my uh, granddad on my dad's side. He was in a rest home in Levin, and it, it was it was a one foot in the grave situation then. But I yeah. think they're quite nice now. Like uh, when I went to see Arch Jelly at his retirement village and Barry McGee, it's they're, they're really nice and they're really social. I think for a social man like yourself, I think you'd love the environment. Yeah. So what retirement village is Arch Jelly in? Oh, I'd have to look it up on my phone. It was a beautiful one though, and he, he had a great time in lockdown there. And yeah, yeah Barry McGee's in the, the Sir Peter Halberg one, who was his old mate. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's even a wing in there called the Barry McGee Wing, which he doesn't live in. Okay. Oh. <laughs> no, they're, they're great. They go and play bowls and bridge. Yeah, and yeah, 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 I think you'd love it. Oh. <laughs> hey, well, Garth Barfoot, thank you very much for coming around and being on the podcast. Um, what a life. A hell of a life. Yeah. You're a man of integrity. I think that's one thing that people would say about you. Yeah, and- well, talking about integrity, I didn't like the way that you said you could park in New World because I sort of thought, well, Hang on, <laughs> I'm not buying anything at the New World. I'm not that I don't like the New World. Actually, I patronised New World at, at uh, Chelsea, Birkenhead, my yeah, local yeah. one, and I feel, so I, I didn't feel, feel. I feel I'm a New World fan, but not a New World customer for, for this area. And I thought, oh, I can't park there. I'm, I, I might get stopped. It's like you know, a politician getting stopped coming out of a gentleman's cup at club. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be remembered for illegally parking in a New World car park. So, well, so, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll tell you what, if it makes you, God, if it makes you feel any better, I'll, I'll walk you there now and I'll buy a pack of chewing gum or something. So. <laughs> no, no. So I thought, no, I'll, I'll come, I'll, I'll change it into my walking clothes so I can walk from a car park. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I don't know. My friend's got a phrase that says the Lord will provide. So I come outside and you wouldn't believe it. I got a park in Victoria Street. Oh, yeah, just oh, so you didn't even have to park. Couldn't do that. It was the risk was too great. Oh come on! <laughs> no, have you? No. What's this? Like, what's this one thing? You know, when people get known. If you become famous, you get one known for you know, like Mary Antoinette said once said, "Let them eat cake." You know, she's famous for that. What, is, what does that saying mean? Let them eat cake. Yeah. Oh, it was a, a, a mark for the poor people struggling with the price of bread. Right. Said, well, they can buy cake. You know? Yeah. So that's sort of like. <laughs> well, what's um? You must have. Brought, what's the worst thing you've done? <laughs> no, no, no. We're not. No, no, I'm not going <laughs> to. <laughs> yeah. no, if, if, if you're nervous to park in a New World car park when you're not shopping there, like well, it, it well, must well, have been. A, when I was in the third form. This, what, what, what you'd now call a bully, it so annoyed me that I punched him. Because <laughs> <laughs> these days I'd be charged with assault. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He never yeah. bullied me again. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully the, um, the, yeah, the 13-year-old that you bullied um, 75 years ago is dead now. <laughs> I got punched by Gareth Marfin. <laughs> well, it happened. I mean, look at the, uh, the, the, uh, the one, the, the Christchurch one. Uh, Deputy leader at one stage of the National Party, uh, the, Jerry Brownlee. Yeah, Jerry yeah. Brownlee. Yeah, and 
he, someone, pupil came up and turned out that when he was at school, a pupil of him, he, he uh, Jerry Brownlee put te- tennis balls in his mouth to sh- stop him talking in class. <laughs> he must have, must have had a big mouth. <laughs> Probably justified. <laughs> that's, that's what he got remembered by. <laughs> oh, well, you're okay. a good man, Garth Barfoot, and it's been a pleasure to sit down with you today and um, – yeah, uh, it's it's a life of integrity, as we said before, and um, the things that you've done, um, I, I, I think I, I don't think uh, you could probably imagine the amount of people that you've inspired with your athletic achievements in an endurance sport as a senior citizen. And I'm pleased that my, my cup of coffee didn't kill you. <laughs> I just finished it. <laughs> oh, you didn't finish it? Oh, almost. <laughs> All right. Hey, well, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. You're a great New Zealander. Thank you. Thanks very much for listening all the way through to Runners Only with Dom Harvey and Garth Barfoot. 85 years old, just about to do the London Marathon. I really hope you guys enjoyed that. If you did, by all means, give the podcast a rating wherever you get your podcast from. Or if your podcast platform allows it, write a review as well. I don't know what that stuff does, but apparently it all helps. Hey, thank you so much for being here. Really appreciate it. Appreciate all your feedback and correspondence as well. You can message me on Instagram, DomHarveyNZ, or by email, DomHarveyNZ at gmail.com. Love you guys. Catch you next week. Want 20% discount on the best earplugs for exercise? Ultra earplugs go in your ears and stay in there. Go to ultraaudio.com, that's U-L-T-R-O, and use the discount code DOM20. That'll save you around $35. That's ultraaudio.com, U-L-T-R-O, and the discount code... Dom 20. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.